We will miss our choir uh, for the month of July as they uh, are on their annual season of rest. Uh, we're so grateful for the incalculable hours that you invest in leading us in worship every week. So while we miss you in the middle of every summer, we are also glad to know that you are resting from uh, long hours of much work, every moment of singing, hours and hours behind it. So thank you so much. And our organ will also be taking its every 50-year sabbatical <laughs> uh, during the month of July as uh, additions and upgrades are made to it. The peace of our Lord be with you. The whole law is summed up in a single commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Every time the lectionary places in our path those words from Paul's letter to the Galatians, it takes me back to a conversation I had over a decade ago with a friend from Turkey, a Muslim man who asked me, what is the central truth of Christianity? If you had to take all of your faith and compress it down to the size of a single sentence, what would it be? To which I replied, ask a thousand Christians that question and you may get a thousand answers. But if you're asking me, my answer is that the one sentence which most nearly summarizes my faith is, love God with all that is in you, and love your neighbor as yourself. To which, after a thoughtful pause, my friend said, that is the summary and center of my faith too which put my friend and myself in good and close company with both Paul and Jesus. Paul, who said in today's epistle lesson, the whole law is summed up in a single sentence. You shall love your neighbor as yourself, which is the same as Paul said in Romans 13, 9. All the commandments are summed up in this one sentence, love your neighbor, as yourself. And Jesus, who is reported to have said in Matthew 22, 36 through 40, all the law and the prophets, which is all the Bible Jesus had, hang on the two most important commandments of all. Love God with all that is in you, and love your neighbor as yourself. And even more concisely in Matthew 7, 12, in everything do to others as you would have them do to you. For this is all the law and the prophets. All of which says the same and circles back to today's epistle lesson. Where Paul says, the whole law is summed up in a single commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. 
but none of which is as simple down here on the ground as it sounds back there on the page. For starters, it's easy to get stuck on that phrase, love your neighbor as yourself. What if I don't love myself? Does that mean I don't have to love my neighbor? What if I can't love myself? Does that mean I can't love my neighbor? Those are important questions, I'm sure, but honestly, they are a bit beside the point when it comes to the life to which these great summarizing sentences of Scripture call us, when we read, love your neighbor as yourself, we should probably hear that as, love all others the way you would want all others to love you. But still, even that is not always simple. After all, there is real evil in this world which must be confronted and called out, judged, and changed, which doesn't always feel very loving. Then, of course, there are our own limits. We cannot respond to every need in every person's life, much less respond to all persons because there are real limits to our time, energy, and money. Then, of course, there are all those vexing questions about when helping becomes more harmful than helpful. Compassion's law of unintended consequences. Not to mention the way one person with resources helping another person without resources can only perpetuate an imbalance of power between the one doing the helping and the one being helped. Complexity upon complexity upon complexity. But beneath all those layers of complexity, which must be faced and named, there remains unchanged the only thing that the Bible ever says sums it all up. That sentence, which according to both Paul and Jesus, sums it up and matters most. Love all others the way you would want all others to love you. Which is not another religious obligation to add to our already overburdened lives and overcluttered calendars. It is rather, according to Paul and Jesus, the center and summary of our faith and our life. When first we hear of it, we may think that loving all others the way we want all others to love us is a life not possible for us to live. 
getting up every day and going through the day loving all others the way we would want all others to love us. And if there were no Holy Spirit, that might in fact be true. But because there is the Holy Spirit, the daily life of loving all others as we want all others to love us is not only possible, but if we walk prayerfully and intentionally in the Holy Spirit day after day, year after year, that way of life will slowly, slowly, little by little, gradually, eventually, inch by inch, calorie by calorie, step by step across a lifetime, become inevitable. The life we once thought impossible for us to live. Eventually, gradually, becoming inevitable for us to live. The life of love for all others which we once were sure we could not live. Becoming eventually the life of love for all others we can't not live. It's the life we can't not live because it's the love we can't not give. It will get you going places you didn't plan to go, taking stands you didn't plan to take, saying things people don't understand. Uh, you can't not. Many of you know that earlier this week, Cedric Willis was slain walking down Bailey Avenue inside of Operation Shoestring, a couple of blocks from the Yellow Church. I happened to come upon the place of Cedric's death maybe 10 minutes or 15 after it happened. I was on my way to J.C. Park saw that something uh, terrible had occurred in the middle of the wider net neighborhood, heart of Bailey Avenue. So not knowing, of course, what had happened or who had been hurt, I just parked my car and got out and stayed for a few moments uh, when it was apparent that there was no real help to be offered, and uh, the corner of DeWitt and Bailey, of course, was secured as crime scene. I got in my car to leave, and I made it uh, down Peach Orchard to Wood and uh, was planning to go do the many, many other things that I needed to go do, and I uh, found myself unable to keep going away. Went back up Erie onto Bailey and parked my car, not knowing that this was Cedric Willis 
for whom Northminster built our first habitat house under a wider net on Vardaman Avenue 17 summers ago. Um, but when all the police had gone and the crime scene was open, I went over to the spot where, uh, where Cedric had died. And there was a sum of Cedric's blood, still wet, still red. So I stood there because people were starting now to go up and down the street. And I thought it would not be respectful to step in a man's blood, having just died. It was a hot, sunny day, as you will remember Monday was. And so I stood there until Cedric's blood turned from red to black, from wet to dry. had some people uh, stopped and said, what are, you, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm saying some prayers over this spot, and I'm trying to keep people from walking through this man's blood. Cedric's name, as he was known in the neighborhood, was Bozo. So I just kept saying, into thy hands, O merciful Savior, we commend thy servant, Bozo. Acknowledge, we humbly beseech thee, a sheep of thine own fold a lamb of thine own flock, a sinner of thine own redeeming. Well, I'm no example for you. I learned how to live that way from you. But that's one of those moments that you can't explain, right? That you also can't not do, right? Folks, just keep walking in the spirit day after day, year after year, little by little. Eventually, what Paul and Jesus both said is the most important thing of all will become for you the life you can't not live. And the love you can't not give.